The following morning in the new hostel, we checked, yeah, we didn't check out, so we woke up, had a good breakfast and got picked up by the Collectivo, who then proceeded to go around pretty much every other hostel and hotel and pick up every single passenger possible in order to take us out for the day. Now, this day was going to entail working on a, um, I say a llama farm, but um, alpaca, I think, uh, basically watching people create alpaca goodies knitting, sewing, whatever you may want to call it, using traditional Inca methods. That was the first part of the day. Second part of the day was to then go to the salt mines and then visit the, the Moray Circles, and then that would be the day done. It turned out that we'd be out all day, which was great. We learned a lot from the alpaca place, um, so much so we ended up buying a few alpaca pieces uh, from the lovely people that created them. Uh, I've certainly still got mine even to this day, still got the alpaca stuff in my chest of drawers in my bedroom, so that's pretty cool. That was cool to watch how they got the different colours um, in, into the wall, uh, how they dyed it, how they handcrafted everything, you know, hats, um, jumpers, even trousers, I think, from memory as well. And that was a good way to spend a morning. From there, we went to the salt mines. <laughs> this is where we started, not to get arrogant as such, but it's where we started to realise that we've been very lucky to see some of the things that we've seen. Now, these salt mines in their own right were absolutely brilliant. They were across different, uh, you know, across different layers. You'd be upstairs, downstairs, looking out this vast field of white as such. But where we'd only recently been to the Sala de Ayuni, the salt flats in Ayuni, we, we, even we about halfway through kind of went, well, ugh, you know, we've seen this stuff already. Yeah, you know, it's like, well... Yeah, we've seen this stuff already. So th that was the first sign that, you know, travel arrogance, I guess, is probably the easiest way to describe it. Um, I'll just go back on what I just said there. <laughs> and, and again, that was good to see, uh, you know, how do the mines work? How do they farm the salt? How do they mine the salt? How does it transport it out? We did learn an awful lot there in the mines themselves. But the most entertaining part of the day was going to the, the Moray Circles. Now, the Moray Circles, again, usual recommendation, go and Google them, were absolutely barnstorming. And the reason for that was, you know, it looked like it had just been created by UFOs, or by aliens. Absolutely incredible. It's like these concentric circles that just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into the ground. It just looks like some alien sort of stuff. Thankfully, we had a really good tour guide who was explaining to us that, in a nutshell, what the Incas had discovered high up in the hills, high up in the Andes, high up in the Sacred Valley, was that there were microclimates. So you might be, you know, let's just say you're on, on the top of some land. That's a separate climate. You go one metre or two metres down into the ground, it creates a separate, it creates a separate climate. Now, some genius back in the day discovered that and then discovered that because of the microclimates, you could then grow different crops on different levels. And you could basically create a plethora or grow a plethora of crops and, and things and bits and bobs that you need. Now, from memory, I forget exactly what those things were, but that was incredible. So as a result of that, as a result of someone discovering that, the Incas are also famed for... Uh, they're terrace farming. This is why you see high terraces in in the butt end of nowhere.
because they discovered that you can grow things on different levels and again to get that wide range of crops in order to sustain their their diets and their way of life I had no idea that would be the case until we were told and it shed a whole new light on the Incas, you know, their, their ingenuity. We'd been very impressed at Saxiwan with their engineering skills, their engineering abilities. But now their, their general knowledge was astounding. Kind of makes me realise that I know it's a bit of a 21st century thing to say. We kind of, you know, take some things for granted at some point. So we've had a lot of technologically brilliant innovations in recent years. But you go back you know, 500,000 years ago. Some of the things that these civilizations, these societies were doing and creating are just absolutely staggering. I wonder if it's, if that hadn't been found, would we be able to have done it later on in in life? I don't know is the answer to that. But just just incredibly scintillating to walk around these massive circles and just realise that they created terrace farming because they they found a way to do it now with the terrace farming uh, comes irrigation you have to irrigate all of these levels in order for the crops to grow successfully if you remember in the last episode we'd gone to an unnamed site in the east of kushko where we saw this in action and we were amazed by it then but when the tour guide was explaining how they channeled the water to the particular sites in marae it was remarkable the fact that they managed to get the water from the, again, it was still the Rio Urubamba, still the same river, but they managed to channel the water almost like uphill and downhill, whatever it is that they did, and then to get it around all of the sites in Marais and so that you, they weren't flooding each terrace, but they had just the right amount of water needed for everything to grow sustainably, economically and sensibly. It just, yeah, just absolutely mind-boggling it is the best way to is the best way to describe that. That was that day. That was that day done. We'd learned a lot. We were mentally exhausted from having a great tour guide. The following day, uh, it was off to Oyante Tambo. Uh, Oyante Tambo in the Sacred Valley is very well known for a very famous Inca victory over the uh, Spanish back in the 16th century. It's also got an incredible fortress an incredible ancient city and fort on top of a hill, also, which is also famed for the Temple of Del Sol and the, the, the Sun Temple, which is made of Incan pink granite. It's a fantastic site. The trip through the Sacred Valley was brilliant. I mean, well, without sounding too dense, you are literally going through a valley. You have mountains to one side, mountains to the other side. You've got a road running pretty much parallel to the uh, the Rio Urubamba. You're going past all these, all these terraces. You're going past, you know, pink granite buildings. Uh, you're just swerving in and out. We got off at the, at the end. You walked through the the little town of Oyente Dambo, which, again, brilliantly, is fully irrigated. So these little channels of water that we'd seen previously in Marae and other places, these were pretty much in the streets of Oyante Dambo. Again, absolutely fantastic. Great engineering there by the Incas. It, just remarkable to see all this sort of stuff. We had a little walk around the around the valleys and then went up to the site itself. Now, my only thing about the, 
the ruins of Valiente Dambo is that because we've been put on a sort of regular trip as such, we pretty much turned up the same time that every other mother chucker turned up. So space was at a premium. What we do remember from this particular site is the stairs to get to the top were hard work. Incredibly hard work. They were really, really high, built out of you know these massive blocks of what I assume was granite. Incredibly high, incredibly steep. And no wonder they ended up winning a famous victory over the Spanish because uh, they were all at the top of the hill and they were using their slingers to pretty much knock the Spanish out of all their, their stones and, and things that they were chucking down. But at the top there, again, again the architecture, the engineering is, is remarkable. Um, apologies, I'm saying remarkable a lot in this episode. There's really no other way to describe it. You have the Templo del Sol, the Incan uh, pink granite temple. You also had the Temple of Del Agua, the, the Temple of Water. On top of that, uh, there was the Inca Guadana. In the distance, across the hills, uh, there's another famous site. It was the Depositos de Bincoy, Bincoyuna, I think it is. That's how you pronounce it. Really famous deposit places for grain. So for any excess grain that was created through their various harvests, they realized that if they were stored in the right place at the right temperature, that these grains could last a long time. And that's why they created the depositos high up on the hill overlooking Oyente Dambo. It's the opposite size to the ruins. The guided tour around the site was good. Again, incredibly busy, so it was difficult to get loads of decent photos and you know, loads of arrogant tourists turning up, people that are doing their own tours and they don't really, they seem like they don't really care and they're not really interested. It's like up, down, take a few photos, go away again. I'm not a big fan of people like that, to be honest. I like, you know, I like to try and get, well, we like to try and get involved as much as we can, understand as much as we can, take our time in places. We didn't really get a lot of time there um, for various reasons. And again, this is probably the only drawback of going on a, uh, a commercialized tour as such. You kind of, you know, you're not, you're not banging your own drum as such. You're beating the drum for someone else. But on the way back, we, we stopped at a, a few minor, you know, minor towns, minor, minor places, sort of things that we'd already seen, basically, you know, terrace farms, old buildings, stone buildings. The architecture is never going to be boring in that area at all, or without a shadow of doubt. It's never, ever going to get boring. And by the time we got back into... Kushko that day, that was that was it. That was Kushko pretty much done. What we had left to do was Machu Picchu. And thankfully the hostel let us keep our bags there. We knew that it was a, a two-day tour. There was a five or six hour bus journey in the morning, followed by I think an eight to ten kilometer walk along the railway tracks towards a place called Aguas Calientes. And the following day after that we would climb up to Machu Picchu and then get all the way back to Cusco in the same day. So join us next time for one of the incredible wonders of the world, Machu Picchu.